Welcome to the Sales Development Podcast, your go-to resource for all things pipeline and revenue production in the tech sales world. Technology marketing, sales development, sales, and revenue operations have combined to create the go-to market engine fueling the success of SaaS startups and established companies alike. Each week, the Sales Development Podcast dives deeply into the strategies, tactics, people, processes, and technology that fuels the revenue machine. The Sales Development Podcast is brought to you by Tenbound. Get more free resources, insights, and intelligence today at tenbound.com. And be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I am joined today by Amanda Wild, the Director of Business Development at Alida. Yes, Alida. How are you doing today? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. So happy to be here with you. I appreciate it. And Amanda, I have to tell you, we had a life-changing conversation a few weeks ago while I was driving up and down the hills of San Francisco. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of crazy. But you've been running sales development, business development for a number of years at some of the top tech companies. You've got a reputation as one of the most effective leaders in this very, very difficult job. As a matter of fact, one of the 2023 Crunchbase Most Influential Women in Sales. You're doing something right. But what I was really struck by is you take a data-driven approach to running sales development teams. And to the point where you've got almost like a secret weapon that you've plugged in. And I want to tell people about that and how you are using, I'll just let the secret out, Atrium. Yes. What is your philosophy of running sales development teams? And then how do you use this? Yeah, I think traditionally, when I first started in like a sales development team, they were literally rudderless. They were doing a lot of things, but like their day was busy, but like nothing was happening. So like there's got to be a way to bring some type of control or tell people exactly what are the KPIs you should be doing that will lead to success. And that was missing. And that's something I solved for myself when I was looking to be successful as an AE, because I craved the, how am I using my time effectively? Is this the best way to do this? Like, what should I be doing every day to make sure I can see success in the future? Because outbound doesn't happen like that. And a lot of people will give up too early without direction or think it's not for them or being like, oh, email doesn't work. Well, no, it could be the email you're sending, how many you're sending, who you're sending it to. With data, it actually teaches you to give your team some guidance and some actual KPIs that are real and not just ones that are made up because someone before you told you to do them. So they're something you can believe in and your team can believe in. And then you can have some semblance of like individual coaching with those because everyone's going to approach the role a little bit differently. But if you have a really good baseline, and you're telling your reps to do the right thing, then you know they've done that. And then you can just coach to the the individuals or see who's outliers on the team, either top performers or emerging performers and coach to that. So that's my philosophy and why I use it. And it just came from something that I did kind of on my own that I actually didn't have a leader helping me with. I just figured it out. Okay. So the SDRs and BDRs are doing all these things every day and they're implementing the strategy that you put in place. But what you found was you weren't getting a lot of information about what they were doing and how it was converting to something tangible. And then also, 
how do you coach them in a way that is helpful and helps move the needle? How did you at first get your arms around all this data and then start to use it in a way that's useful? Before Atrium, it was really difficult because like, yes, you have all this data, but it's all like in a million different Salesforce reports. And sometimes you are not the only person that sales ops or revenue operations is working with. So you may have like, they don't have the time to build all these things for you, or perhaps you don't know how to build all these. Salesforce is not easy to build like a lot of reports on, especially when you tie in like conversion rates and things for that. And then you also have just your own bias or the way that you've got to tell the story yourself. So it's like an opinion when you're using the data in that way and you're telling the story but there is bias there. It's limited on the data that you have and the time set and you putting it together. And then it takes a ton of time to do that. And you really don't know for sure in that case, if it's right, you can use it, but you can't see the trends as much as you could. As soon as I plugged Atrium in, I was able to see like my big problem was onboarding. Why was it taking six to nine months for people to onboard in this role? What was I telling them to do the right thing? And I was immediately able to see top performers, low performers, see a lot of the different things. Because a lot of times they'll ask the top performer, what are you doing? And they're like, I don't know. Because they literally don't know. We actually need to coach that and figure it out. So that's like the first kind of light bulb moment where that data, it just made it actionable. Yes, I had it all, but it packaged it all up, put it all together for everybody so that I could see it and then I could action it right away. And that was just the trial to plug it in. I had that information in like five minutes. Okay. So let me just understand this. So before you were doing this, you had Salesforce and probably had all these other tools and stuff like that, but it was all kind of scattered. What is Atrium and what's the difference between Atrium and Salesforce? I'll just caveat this by I do not work for Atrium. I'm not a partner of Atrium and I do not get paid anything by Atrium. I just purely love this tool. Atrium is like a data and insights tool. So it takes all the information that you already have available to you. So everything that's happening in like Google Suite, if they're sending emails, reply emails, all of that is taking all of your like sales loft or your outreach data and all your sales loft data. So it's putting everything in there and then it actually has AI in it to actually give you kudos for your team on who's more efficient on this or on that. You can set your own goals. You can see how are they tracking. One of my favorites was setting up a kudos feed that went directly to Slack that would shout out reps that are doing amazing things. So it automates the effectiveness and the power of the coaching in multiple different ways. But it does, again, it takes away the bias. So when you're showing a team, this is how you stack rank on this. It's very clear where it is. And it's like, they just get it right away. And then you can celebrate all of those things as well. And it's not your opinion. Now, at this point, it's no. driven. And just it to removes clarify, that. I don't work for Atrium either. But when I heard about <laughs> this, I was like, wait a minute, because I've been in sales development management for over 10 years or more. And it was always, this was a very difficult problem to solve. Yeah. And it's also, there's a lot of data out there. And the SDRs are doing all this stuff. but Is it being tracked correctly, like what they're doing? And then once it's being tracked correctly, can you get it into something that's actually useful for you to coach and train and stuff like that? So question for you is, did you already have the activities being tracked in Salesforce? And then it was just a question of getting it into some kind of report that's useful, or did you have to start from the beginning? 
It was about 30 minutes to onboard Atrium. It just connects into the tools at Salesforce. Everything flows into Salesforce. So if you have Salesforce, you just authenticate it with Salesforce. It takes a little time for everything to populate overnight, usually for it to be perfect. It just takes all of the data you already have and then puts it in and then spits out this like amazing, beautiful graphs and information that you can slice and dice on your own and more information than you would ever think that you needed. But it's so impactful, but so easy. That's the best part. And you plug it in. What you're saying is your sale SDRs might be using Outreach or Sales Loft or all the other different sales engagement platforms. So those are tracking their phone calls, their emails, et cetera, like all the different activities. That data then goes into Salesforce where it's housed on the record, the lead or the contact record. Atrium will then take that and create these very useful reports. Yeah. So you can kind of pull in and it also would pull in like if you're using G Suite, it will know if it's a first email or a follow-up email, how many emails per opportunity, like it can actually pull in and associate a lot of things. And that's also located typically on the Salesforce record, but it allows you to like see the quality of the prospecting activity for the team and for the individual. And then you can look at the quantity piece is interesting as well, because if you have somebody like I had a rep, he was my top performing rep. He wasn't even doing the activity that I was saying to do. He was actually more efficient. If I was looking at a traditional sales loft, I'd be like, hey, why aren't you doing more of this? Like you're not hitting our activity KPIs, but I was able to see he's actually more efficient and effective. So I developed like a spiff for a top performer. So he just actually went over and above. He was able to do more, but like our KPIs and our plan didn't really incentivize him to do so because it was capped. So we just made a couple of adjustments and now we have a top performer that's like giving us almost double quota based on being able to see like, how is this individual doing this role and how can I model something to make him as effective and like engaged as possible? Again, you look at like uncovering the trends there. If I had someone joining, how many accounts should they be prospecting a day? How many people per account? A lot of times people aren't going deep enough. I'll do one or two accounts and two people. What well, you're never going to be successful if you really should be doing five accounts and five people. So it's really teaching them to be super effective and telling them what to do. And then they're going to see the success and they carry that through in a sales career as well. Got it. Okay. And as the manager of the program, you're looking at these reports. How hard is it for you to take it from the data to action? You see trends and stuff like that. Is it like, your experience and creativity to then use that for making changes? Or is it helping you along to be able to do that? It's both. At first, I leaned on it a lot to show me things and see things. And there is the AI component they've added on this year that will literally give you coaching notes. So that if you're a new manager and you need to know how do I say, approach this conversation and how do I have a, a data-driven performance conversation? Because I see a lot of companies aren't really investing in manager training. They're just throwing people into frontline manager roles and then saying, okay, do one-on-ones. They're not actually that effective. So this will help you with that as well. So I would say at the beginning, I leaned on some of that and I would look at the language. But then as I became a more advanced user, I could actually like slice and dice the information and look at it in deeper metrics. So I could really coach people how to be an effective prospector when you become an AE. And I could look at showing people 
all of the wins along the way, maybe before the meeting was booked. So to help protect people's mental health and show them that, like, hey, just hang in there. Like what you're doing is working. Look at these little things that are changing. Otherwise, people would just be like, oh, it's just not working. But maybe it's just about to. There's a lot of different powerful ways, but it was actually super easy. And that's why I swear when I plugged it in, I had immediate results. And I was able to, the first thing I did was reduce the onboarding time. The next people I hired onboarded in a month because I was able to tell them exactly what to do. Mm -hmm. It's almost like superpowers (laughs) in a way that then as you look at the data and you start to see trends, can you use it for, as you mentioned, training, coaching, like getting in the weeds with the team? Yes. I would set it up for automatic kind of recognition and feedback. That was something that was ongoing over and above me, obviously giving my own recognition and feedback. But when it's data and not my opinion, just means different. The team was, and I gave them access to it as well. So they could go in and look at their own metrics. And that was really powerful. That's something I hadn't done until I was at Lupio and they allowed us to have all the reps in there. Man, that was really powerful. The difference is, is like if you would ask someone, before Atrium, how are you hitting quota? They might give you a couple of kind of like answers, like, oh, I just make a lot of calls or I'm just really good or whatever. After having this, they'll tell you my activity op creation is like this. My email engagement rate is this. I know what my connect rate is. Like they know the data. It's like it's in their brain. So if you're trying to get them to become an AE, the biggest complaint I hear on AE teams now is they don't self-prospect. So now you're teaching BDRs how to do this in like a very methodical way so they can be super efficient and effective in their time. So then they can condense that as an AE and continue to be a producer. And that's what I've seen in the BDRs I've coached with this. All top performers in a BDR world and then top performers as AEs as they self-source. As they go up the chain. It's the gift that keeps on giving. There we go. I imagine having access to this data helps you with one-on-ones. If you're doing one-on-ones. Yes. Because you have some specific things to point out. Yes. I would give an example of I had like an inbound rep in a past role where she was struggling. She had the same amount of inbound leads, same kind of quality, but she was struggling. So I was able to like, okay. And I asked her, what's going on? What are you doing? She goes, I don't know. I'm doing everything that everyone else is doing. I said, okay, show me what you're doing. She still couldn't really diagnose. So looked into Atrium and you could see her response time was really low. There was no follow-up on email. She was only doing an email once a week. So there was little tweaks, showed her how to use a cadence, showed her really how to do certain things, what you say in an email matters, taught her some more copywriting skills, and then just showed her the data to show well things were working as she was working on this. And the next month, she was at quota. And she felt better. She didn't feel good not being a top performer. She felt like I'm doing all of this work. She was working hard, but she was doing the wrong things. So within a month was able to diagnose and then help her. And she's still a BDR now. And she's more successful because of that effective coaching that taught her like what you're doing matters, not just sending one email and being like, I don't know. And it wasn't her. It was just something that we needed to teach her individually. Yeah. And you start to think there's always those stories, maybe not yours, but in the past of SDR managers where maybe if I did have a little bit more granular data and if I was able to dig in on certain aspects, somebody maybe wouldn't have gotten fired or... All the time. Yeah. Or just like I've used it for pips so as I can actually give them something to work on. Yeah. These are things and I can measure it. It's not just, hey, I need you to hit five opportunities next month. And they just immediately go looking for a job because they're like, I don't know how to do that. I didn't do it this month. And I find a lot of managers don't know what to tell them to do either. 
So like this removes that is like, tell them to do this. And if they don't, can't do these things, they usually realize, you know what, this isn't the role for me because you've told them exactly what to do and they can't do it. They see everyone else doing it and they usually end up opting out themselves or performing. It makes it just an easier conversation. It's like, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't think this is right for me. Like, that's a good thing to know as well, because sometimes in a BDR role, they don't know it's their first sales role. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you're just flying blind to some extent. Just suddenly you're fired and you're like, I was working really hard and everybody liked me. And it's just the results weren't there. Exactly. And I think as well, like in a remote world, if you're fully remote, this is even more powerful. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. Like you can't see people anymore. You can't gauge how they're doing. You can't see kind of anything unless you share a screen. So this will help you show them where they are against the team and their peers. Is the whole team doing poorly in certain areas or is it just one person? That's interesting to know too. Like who's doing what so we can figure out and pull like the wins from each person and like make that available to everybody on the team. Yeah. It used to be you'd go to the sales floor, you know, at the office and everybody's... Everyone's dialing. Everyone's dialing and there's trends, like everyone's having trouble with this one thing. And it's like, okay, let's go in a conference room and try to figure out how to get over this together. Now it's so isolating. It's so remote. It's like, I'm totally on an island here. Exactly. And I feel like a lot of companies are starting to skip, not a lot, just maybe in my world is people are skipping teaching BDRs about the ideal customer profile and the personas. They're teaching them more about, these are all the products we have. These are all the features and functions. I want you to send 2000 emails a week and make 400 calls and you have to connect with 30 people. And they're like, Okay, but you haven't actually told them, like, how do they diagnose a good account? What do they say? What matters to these people? What challenges do they have? That's where the magic is. Like, if you are teaching all of that and you're teaching them actually what to do from an activity point of view, then you're setting your team up for success. And that's where I see my pipeline, it closes. And I'm really, really proud of that. I may only be in the pipeline business, but I'm still an AE at heart. And I want everything to close and my BDRs want it to close. So the quality piece and teaching them that piece, in addition to this, that's kind of like the magic. Yeah. I mean, there is that from the higher level, it's like a coin operated position. Like here, just put a phone in and make 500 phone calls. And if not, you're fired. That's the root of a lot of the waste. Oh, it's just an entry level role. No, it's a hard role and it's an important one. Yes. Yeah. Preaching to the choir. I Yes, I know. Sorry. Totally agree. The question for you is with sales technology, like Atrium, for example, there's a new one coming out every day. Every single one says it's life-changing and it's the best thing since sliced bread. So how, as a SDR leader, do you go to your boss or to whoever holds the purse strings and say, I have this thing it's going to change lives. It's not just another sales technology. Really need to get this. Can I get the budget or something like that? How do you have that conversation? If you went back to when you first discovered this and you needed to have that conversation. Yeah, I'm actually, it's funny. I'm having that conversation with Alita right now because this will be my fourth time trying to buy Alita everywhere I go. I buy this tool. I don't want to live without it. So I think it's important to use data in that conversation. I tell them about like how impactful it is and use numbers on even just the onboarding piece, training BDRs and making sure they're effective. We have a kind of a performance issue here. We've got a lot of gaps between our top performers and our emerging performers. And I know that with some data, 
I could get this team up to here because I've done it before. So I think when you're asking about how do I get this into budget is like, you have to show the ROI and the numbers. And it's super clear for Atrium. And it's super clear for me because I've used it so many times. Once they see it as well, it's almost a no brainer. But in this entire year, getting budget for new software, like you need to have some impactful reason. You need a champion. Like I'm an absolute champion for this tool and I believe in it. And I've seen how effective it is for reps and for myself and for the business. So just believing in a tool and knowing that extra piece, I don't think you can say, well, I like it because I want it. That's not enough anymore, especially if you need to give something up to get the budget, which is a lot of things that we're up against now. It's like, okay, if you want it, great. What are you going to give me? Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to give them? You better figure it out because you know they're going to ask you. So what are you going to give up? You got to come with that. And the difficulty, I think, is that a sales rep at a sales technology company doesn't really partner up with you as a champion and like walk together into the office to ask for the tool. Yeah. They just kind of send you some stuff in the email, follow up, and then wait and you're kind of on your own. And if you weren't excited, super excited, or you hadn't used it before in the past, then it kind of goes by the wayside. So then the sales rep is sitting there going, oh, I got this deal. This is definitely going to happen. And it's like, you forgot all about it because they weren't really helping you. And I guess the point I'm trying to make is as the internal champion of the tool, you need help from the sales rep to go in and make your business case to your boss. And I just don't see that happening a lot. I don't see it happening a lot either. I've actually not bought tools just because the AE experience was so bad in the past. Wow. Because I was just like, I can't buy this. This is just a horrible experience, right? I don't want this person making money off of me right now. So yeah, the experience, it matters. I think with Atrium, like the other thing I love about it is I've worked with the same AE for a number of years. All of the people I've met there, when it's from like all of the onboarding and the customer success, they just like, they're as excited about the tool as I am. They're all really involved. It's always a great experience. And I don't see that very often with very many tools that I've used. Usually I'm not paying enough to be able to get any attention. I don't know, maybe we just get good deals. I'm not sure. So like, yeah, I think the software support and the experience from the AE all the way on after. Sometimes you have a great AE experience and then it's awful after that. I think it matters now if you want a good experience and people need to onboard well, they need to make sure that they're effective and they're understanding the platform. Because if I leave, somebody is going to get that and you've got to have a relationship with them. And that's the other piece. Yeah. The depth within that. I mean, do they know the other people that you work with? And again, we're just fans. We don't actually work for Atrium. I, no, just, I do not. Amanda and I like bonded over this. And I think it's just the pain point. Like, yeah, SDR teams to doing consulting and stuff like that over the years. This has been a huge issue. Everything that you're describing. And it's like, I know that the managers of Atrium are very involved. They have the modern sales pros community and they're hearing. Uh, did you know this? Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So they hear from this massive community of sales leaders about what their specific problems are. They're very in tune with our market. And it sounds like they've really developed something that is helpful and useful to someone like you. Oh my God. Yeah. And like seeing, like I've been working with Atrium now, I've had it in my first BDR manager role. And to see me tell somebody, this is what you need to do, and then see them become a top performer, go to President's Club, become an AE. 
I help do that with this. That's an amazing feeling. And I've done that over and over and again. So it's like in the BDR role specifically, and even I would say in an AE, showing someone like, if you do these things, you can build on that and be successful and then continue that success. It does help their mental health. It helps them prepare. I had one BDR at PartnerStack that we figured out together how many accounts he needs to do each day, how many people. And he actually started prospecting a week in advance with this information so he could actually take PTO and like chill out because his prospecting was done. He had like a week in advance. It was the best thing. And together we were like, wow, like that is like nothing I've ever heard of in a quota attainment role. Like you can't, you go away for two weeks vacation. You know that you're not hitting quota for a month or two. It was just like kind of known, but we were able to mitigate that. And he was able to actually enjoy time with family. Or if he was sick, he was actually able to just be sick. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of thing that I think this really, really helps with over and above just like onboarding and coaching and kudos. It's like, that's the real stuff. Getting control more for this very uncontrollable business. And it's a burnout business. I mean, definitely BDR, SDR sales, because you're on that treadmill constantly with the quota. Absolutely. It helps me be chill too. I can look at it. I've told my team the right thing to do. I can look at it. I can tell the business we're going to hit our number because I know all these things. And then we do. Yeah. I look like a genius. Yeah. Just because I'm telling them to do the right things and I know they're the right Influential things. Influential Crunchbase Woman of the Year, right? A genius. <laughs> Love it. Yes. Okay. So this is awesome. I'm going to check it out. Now, the last question I have for you is where do you see this going for you and for your career? As far as right now, you're mastering the sales development world. And you've been an AE, it sounds like. Where do you see this going for you? As in like my future career? Yes. I would like to create a new role in sales called the chief pipeline officer. And I would like to be that. I want to own the pipeline. I want to make those AEs prospects. I want to make them see how it's going to get them to quota. And those inbounds are going to get them to accelerators. I want to show them how to do it. Because a lot of people just don't know how to do it. And it actually seems hard. But once you figure it out, it actually calms you and gives you the control that you crave in a role. And that's what I found for myself. And nobody taught it to me. I just kind of stumbled into it, trying to find my authentic way of being an AE and like connecting with customers. And I like to tell stories. So I needed to authentically know the prospect and really understand those challenges. And that's where everything happened. And then once I had this, I was able to layer that on. That's my dream job is chief pipeline officer. Doesn't exist, I think, but I'll be the first one. I have not heard of that one. It's coming down the line. I know that a friend of mine, Andrew McGuire, for a while, he was the VP of Pipeline, which I always thought was really cool and interesting. I'm going trades to chief. Come on. I'm an influential salesperson. Bypass him. That guy's a loser. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) You got to be the chief. You got to have that table. Skip that. Yeah, straight to chief. I love it. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom. If folks want to get in touch with you, I'm on LinkedIn. What's the best way to keep in touch? Yeah, absolutely. I'm on LinkedIn too. Just Amanda Wild. With an E at the end. With an E. Like Olivia and Oscar. Yes. Got it. Okay. Well, thanks again for coming on the show and we'll see you again soon. Amazing. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast. The only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. 
If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.